Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, January 13th, 2024. And our top story today, crypto stocks rise after the SEC approves a spot Bitcoin ETF. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jane King is a financial journalist joining us from the NASDAQ. Jane, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Always good to be with you, Jeffrey. And, and before we get into uh, crypto and inflation, I just want people to understand every day you are providing your expertise to news organizations around the country. Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, yeah, well, my core business is doing syndicated live and recorded reports from the NASDAQ for TV stations all over the country. So it's a part of their morning news and we chit chat about the news of the day every day. Yeah. And so Jane's face looks very familiar, which it should if you're watching this program. It should definitely be if you're tuning into your local news station, because I think you're you're all over the, 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 the I was going to say the planet, maybe eventually be over the planet, but you're all over. Um, so that's that's really great. And, and you you have had such a story career. So we're very pleased that you will share just a few minutes with us um, weekly. Jane, let's talk about inflation numbers. I want to get into crypto. Like I said, what's what's the core CPI look like? I think there were some numbers released this week. Yes. So um, core consumer price index. So this is what we pay at the grocery and for housing and insurance and airplanes and gas. I mean, it's a basket of these commonly bought items and it was hotter than expected for December. Um, so that was a, spooked the market a little bit. All of a sudden, it looked like the Fed may not lower interest rates in March like some had thought. So um, it was a bit of concern and it shows that inflation is still kind of lurking out there. Now, on Friday, we got the producer price index. Uh, this is what businesses pay for their raw materials. That number actually came in a little cooler than expected. Um, so the market seemed a little relieved. So kind of a mixed picture on inflation this week, but um, you know, still enough that I, I think it warrants watching, especially uh, with what we're seeing go on on the Red Sea. And the escalating tensions uh, there with these these Houthi rebels out of Yemen and what they could do to oil prices and shipping goods from Asia to the U.S. and, and things like that. So I still think inflation is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and this on the heels, by the way, last week when we had you back for our first episode of 2024, uh, the jobs report number kind of met when you looked at the top line number versus under the under the uh, under the top line, uh, a lot of public sector jobs being increased not so much in the private sector. So mixed news. It's going to be interesting to see. I guess this is part of the uh, inside baseball stuff that people like yourself and the, and the fund managers all think about as they're going forward. All right, Jane, I want to turn the attention now. There's big news this week, maybe big for Wall Street. I don't, I don't know how much it, yet to be determined what it's going to mean for Main Street. But the approval by the Securities and Exchange Commission on Wednesday night of a spot Bitcoin ETF. Your thoughts? Yes. So, well, first of all, an ETF is an exchange-traded fund. And why this got so much attention was because previously, if you wanted to own Bitcoin, um, you had to have like a Coinbase account or some kind of digital wallet, trust wallet. I mean, there's several of them out there. The most common is Coinbase. They're based in the U.S., biggest in the U.S. Um, but this ETF would give you a chance to buy the ETF like you would a stock or a mutual fund and have some exposure to Bitcoin. So it all of a sudden, you know, kind of opened up the market, made it much easier for millions of people if they want to invest in Bitcoin. So 
Um, you know, the markets went crazy. There was like <laughs> 3 billion in trades that took place in these uh, ETFs that started trading both here at the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. So, you know, we'll see like if this is something lasting or not. There's already talk about Ethereum, which is the second biggest cryptocurrency after Bitcoin, yeah. if there'll be an ETF for that. A lot of people think that will be the next thing to come. Um, so I, I think, you know, people thought it was historic day. I, I think history will determine whether it was historic or not. Yeah, it's a, you know, we only have the hindsight of several days. We don't know what, as you said, we don't know where things are going to go. But a lot of people within the crypto industry heralding this as, I, I would say, the SEC basically offering or allowing this is, is an endorsement vis-a-vis -vis being able to offer the product. So certainly a major yeah. milestone. I think it's just a question of whether it's an institutional play or a retail, you know, where, or retail or, or yeah. both. I, I still think there are a lot of people maybe like myself who I, I just, you know, I understand what blockchain technology is. I'm just not sure what's backing Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, the SEC approved this kicking and screaming. Yeah. So they, they, they were sued. They were sued, yeah, right? Yeah, they were yeah. sued. They were sued and it was found to be legal. And so Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC, even said today um, that he just doesn't believe in Bitcoin. It's used for illicit activities. It's not used as a currency. Nobody's buying coffee with Bitcoin, things like that. But there are investors who want exposure to this. Um, people believe that it is like digital gold. Um, I've heard um, Michael Saylor, who's a huge proponent of Bitcoin, and um, he talks about how, well, if I want to ship, you know, 20 tons of gold to Japan, it costs me, you know, this much money and it takes three weeks. Whereas Bitcoin, it happens immediately and it costs 20 bucks or something. So, you know, it, a lot of people, particularly in technology, really think that there's a future for Bitcoin. Um, so Gary Gensler clearly does not. And he was a blockchain professor at MIT. So he does understand the technology. Um, but I think, you know, considering the price and what we've seen happen this week, there's definitely a lot of interest in it. Yeah. And, and as we all know, money is a medium of exchange. And just a point of historical fact, when the U.S. was just 13 colonies, they used tobacco as a medium of exchange between exactly. the colonies to, to trade. So all currencies that used over the years. So cows. Yeah. Cows yeah. and little little um, crocodiles and, and little or ceramic <laughs> crocodiles and things like that. So. I guess we'll see how it all shares uh, kind of plays out. But I think a lot of people like I, I know I as a neophyte, I'm, I'm looking, I'm sure you're watching this. And well, I think we'll be talking about this for a while. Jane King, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And Thanks, we sir. look forward to having you back again next week. OK, see you then. Thanks, Jane. Great to see you. Have a great weekend. We come back. We'll take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? 
especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, welcome back. It was a great week of programs with great topics, of course, great guests. We kicked off the week with a look at how to help team members achieve financial wellness. Let's take a look. Yes. So beginning in January of 2024, we're going to be partnering with Fidelity. Uh, we're going to offer the Goal Booster Emergency Savings Account to all of our U.S.-based full-time and part-time team members. So the program really creates an opportunity for team members to not only save but grow their accounts and really, most importantly, access their money more readily uh, so they can contribute through payroll deductions. We're only one of a few employers offering this benefit, so we're really excited. Our focus is to help our team members feel a better sense of financial wellness. Um, not having financial resources available when you need to tap into can become overwhelming. So the new uh, emergency savings account, along with some of our other programs like our team member emergency fund, we think that there's steps in the right direction. Um, well, we do regularly pulse our programs and we continue to make changes. We just want to stay ahead of what's, what is being offered out there. Um, our unique approach to wellness gives us an edge up on creating programs that address the whole person. So our team's focused on continuing to ensure that the programs we offer are robust, um, remove any barriers to access, and our unique win-win partnership with our vendors means that we're working towards delivering exceptional products and services to our team members. So we really keep this at the forefront of everything that the team does. And we also discussed the ABCs of financial literacy. Let's take a look. Sure. So we launched a survey in conjunction, in conjunction with Spark over the summer this past year. Uh, we interviewed just under 2,000 students in total, so about almost 1,000 high school and about 1,000 college kids. And really, we were looking to find out how they approached financial literacy and what they knew from um, an aptitude standpoint, how that aptitude translated into behaviors, and then really what their confidence was in taking their financial literacy and, and applying it to their, their lives. College students provided, you know, the college sort of age provided a little bit of lift into um, knowledge and confidence, but essentially we asked around five multiple choice questions uh, around things like credit scores and loans and retirement savings, investing, interest accrual, some sort of basic but fundamental um, elements of, of financial acumen. And only 39% of college students got more than half the answers correct. And their high school counterparts were slightly lower at 37%. So, you know, both groups struggled. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps college, because of the age, was, was a little higher, but not um, significantly so. And I would say that very important focus for us was to understand that level of confidence that the students have in their own knowledge of financial topics. And I have to say the results were eye-opening. 
just 18% of high school students and 26% of college students told us that they rate their personal financial knowledge as somewhat high or very high. And on the top of that, um, roughly 50% of both high schoolers and college students think that they know enough to reach their financial goals. And what's probably even worse, I would say, is that schools were not considered helpful on this front. We asked the students uh, how well their classes prepare them to make these big personal financial decisions. And only 11% of high school students and 18% of college students responded to us very well or extremely well. And high school students who are not planning uh, to attend the college told that only 10% uh, of them told us that they're well prepared. So those are some results that, that we really need to think about and certainly present um, an opportunity to improve. Yeah, interesting. I mean, across gender, there was very little differences. But when one of the things that we did dig into was ownership of products. So do you have a savings account, a checking account, a credit cards, and so forth? And um, one thing that was interesting there is that Latinos in particular really seem to be underserved by the financial industry to the point of uh, 10 to 20 points less than, say, whites or Asians or something like that. Um, and then there was also differences in how uh, certain groups approached and, and sort of um, got input from their peers or from uh, parents in terms of where they went to for advice for financial literacy. And we found that um, African-Americans in particular took to social media a lot more um, and uh, things like, uh, you know, whites and Asians typically went more towards their parents. You know, one thing that we discovered was um, parental education had a positive impact on, on student aptitude. Respondents with high financial knowledge were more likely to have parents who attended college, 70% versus 30% of high school, um, and 66% versus 58% for college. And it also played out in behavioral aspects among those surveyed. So 51% uh, of high school students and 70% of college students had savings accounts that were regularly contributed to. And parental college yielded uh, parental college attendance yielded a 15% increase in likelihood of high school students having a savings account. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to? Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Sunday. We'll be breaking down all the news in retirement and markets and doing a little analysis along the way. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts. 
so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.